forgot to turn on the music before going live. Oh my God, you guys. Wow. I'm back after a little bit of a break. So a little, <laughs> we got a little bit of some um, last minute adjustments here. Come on in. What are you waiting for? Come in. Welcome. Tuesday, 3.06 p.m. Central. A little late. My apologies. Thank you for waiting. I really appreciate it. Uh, October 18th, day before earnings. Wow. So exciting. I am so excited. What what will happen? What will happen? What will happen? I don't know. Let me know if you can hear me okay in the uh, in the chat. Let me know where you're from. Confirm that you can see me okay as well. Very exciting episode today. So, lot to talk about, obviously. Um, <laughs> it's McLovin. What do you guys know about McLovin? Look at him. He's from Aloha. He's from Aloha. He's from Hawaii. My God, I'm a mess today. Come on, everybody. Uh, so, couple things we're going to do today. We are going to run through my brand new first ever trial, <laughs> I call it, for Q3 earnings. Um, and I'm going to walk through my my model of what I think the earnings per share is going to be uh, adjusted. Thank you, Matt Smith. You know what I'm talking about. Um, of, of where I think the stock's going to end up. Obviously, I, I used a lot of inspiration and a lot of uh, I learned a lot from a lot of the great folks out there already on YouTube and Twitter, uh, just to name a few, Rob Maurer, Matt Smith, James Stevenson, Gary Black, Stephen Mark Ryan. There's so many other people out there that have gone through. Dave Lee, I think, does them as well. But there's many people out there that do this a thousand times better than I can, okay? So, but I still feel like it's a good exercise for me to sit down and walk you through my thought process and just have another figure out there for you guys so you can think about, okay, how how could this earnings end up, right? There's a lot of different variables that's going into this earnings that uh, has been covered uh, to death. But the, the thing that I, I've been struggling big time with trying to model it myself is that the amount of variables that are happening this quarter, especially around for exchange. So the difference between the dollar and basically any other currency, since we are based in the US and Tesla is a US based company is becoming very difficult to sort of at least for me think through and, and figure out how that's going to impact the company's financials for the quarter. Then we have a Shanghai factory that's fully ramped up. Uh, theoretically for quarter three, since they shut down in Q2. So that's going to have an impact. Austin and Berlin are also ramping. So they're in the middle of whew, you know, going up. And then uh, you have about 20,000 cars in transit between uh, in quarter three, so they delivered roughly 340,000 cars. They produced about 360,000 cars. So there's about a 20,000 uh, car gap where they've built the cars, they've taken on the cost, but <laughs> they haven't sold it, right? So there's a lot of different variables going on going on here. So let's sit down, walk through the model. And then uh, once we walk through the model, I'll take questions. We'll sit down and we'll also do a Q&A. So anybody that wants to jump on and ask a question live, the only thing I ask is camera on, decent microphone, decent internet connection, so we can see you and hear you clearly. And then after that, uh, yeah, we'll just we'll just kind of think through all the different variables. And of course, as we're going through the um, exercise in the comment section, definitely share your view, uh, your your views, your thought process, how you're thinking about this quarter, and if we might potentially see a surprise. So, from the get go, I will say that I am higher than the analyst estimates. Of, of so Wall Street right now from an adjusted basis, uh, I just uh, <laughs> learned. But um, 
when you think about the EPS that is attributed to the company earnings per share, what you see out there from the consensus perspective backs out uh, what's called stock based compensation. And so the number I'm going to be sharing my final number is going to account for that. And so it's going to be adjusted gap EPS. So we make sure that we're aligned. And the other thing that I also found through my research is that a lot of people when they think about EPS, they kind of, there's a lot of different ways of interpreting EPS. You have gap EPS, which gap, if you don't know what it stands for, generally, uh, generally, uh, oh my God, generally accepted accounting practices. And there's also non-gap and there's non-adjusted and then there's adjusted. So you have all these different permutations that could arise from that. So anyway, enough talking. Here we go. Ready, set, and share. Okay, we'll make this bigger so you all can see it. Now, we'll start with uh, with uh, revenues, and then we'll go down the list. Let me zoom in for you so you can see it a little bit better. Here we go. So this is what mine looks like. And of course, we also have on the sheet, I've listed the previous quarter as well, Q2, just as a reference for you all to see. So do I want to go down here? I think I'm going to go down here because then you can see this a little bit better. Can I move myself? Of course not. Why would I be able to move myself? Really? Doesn't let me move myself? Come on, StreamYard. Auto sales. Last quarter. Uh, last quarter, 13 billion six. Uh, for Q3, I'm estimating roughly 17.9. Uh, auto rec credits, 250. Auto leasing, 640. So let me walk you through my thought process here. The auto sales... The way I think about those is that there are price increases that are uh, have have happened from Q2, Q2 to Q3, but then I'm, I'm having a tough time sort of thinking through how they're going to flow exactly to uh, to that quarter because these are deliveries that uh, are probably taken from orders that were placed more than three months ago. So these price increases happened a while ago. And a bulk of Tesla's price increases happen around that time, but I'm not really sure what the timing of these sales are going to be. Not to mention that for the last months, so for the last six to nine months, call it, there has been that sort of price increase activity. And the backlog for the company was the largest, it seems like, about let's call it three to six months ago. So I don't want to make I don't want to make too many assumptions that the price increases will flow fully to the revenue line for this quarter because um, <laughs> it's my first time and I want to be so somewhat conservative. And then the other variable as well is that for full self-driving and other sort of um, things that Tesla can offer that are optional for, for the consumer that can add a lot of margin, I also want to be careful and not attributing too much in that quarter as well. So maybe think of my approach a little bit more conservative than usual, but it's still like the EPS still comes out to be higher, which I would love to hear your thought process behind that and how you're interpreting that so you can help me think and th think through this. For auto rec credits, what, so my thought process here, the reason why I went 250 instead of 344 is that, let me make it just a little bit bigger. Um, there's less sales from other automakers in the last couple quarters. I believe that trend is going to continue. And their uh, EV sales as a proportion of the rest of their sales is going up. So even though they're not selling nearly as much as Tesla, the total EVs they're selling versus the rest of their uh, sales is going up. 
but the entire auto industry <laughs> save tesla is coming down so in my head i'm like okay so this probably means that there's less auto rec credits being sold out there and so that's why in, in comparison to q2 i went lower now this number is a crapshoot you know from what i found in, in my sort of research in the past few quarters and finally sitting down and putting this to paper this number can be whatever and if you look at the uh, previous quarters so if i pull up the last earnings release from tesla you can see in the red credits line here 354 279 314 679 344 there's it doesn't seem like there's any rhyme or reason as to why they're moving like that so that's why i ended up at 250 because i think those dynamics are going to impact that line quite a bit and then auto leasing i kind of thought of it as a proportionally like as a proportion of sales it's going to go up but because the interest rates are going up less people are going to take a lease i think they're just going to opt to uh, buy the car outright because it just makes more sense to do that under a high interest rate environment so i believe that the auto leasing as a proportion of total sales will come down but it will go up because there's just more cars being sold about a hundred thousand more versus last year right or last quarter excuse me so my total auto revenue is 18869 and then for energy i am assuming that there's going to be significantly more sales this quarter mainly because around the mainly around the comments of Martin Vieca and others at Tesla that say hey we finally have all the batteries that we need to do what we want and so in my head I'm like okay if that's the case then I would expect energy to start really ramping for real for real if we look at the last few quarters for Tesla for energy why didn't I add more than just q2 if I'm keep going back to the stupid thing I'll fix that for next time my apologies y'all 801, 806, 688, 616, 866. So it's higher than the last five quarters. But if you have everything you need, we need to start seeing some increases. So I'm assuming that Tesla is really going to start ramping energy uh, starting in this quarter, uh, really last quarter, but this quarter, especially Q3. And then service is another I'm sort of assuming a hey, larger fleet, more quarter, more sales this quarter versus last as a total. Um, from that perspective, I, I assume some sort of proportionality. So I assign a value that's proportional to how many uh, sales they had this quarter, plus their fleet growing by that number. So that's how I write 17, uh, 17, 1.7 billion. And so my total revenue number is 21,600,000. Now for cost of revenue, for this piece, um, what, what I'm thinking through is even though the foreign exchange impact is going to be realized here because of how Tesla is purchasing product, I still feel that the efficiencies they're going to gain from having a fully ramped Shanghai and a more ramped Berlin and Austin and a more efficiently running Fremont um, and really the entire network because of the layoffs they had a few months ago. These are all things that are going to enable them to lower costs quite significantly in addition to the signals we got from elon saying hey i think there should be a a, a fed rate decrease so what the signal that i get from that hearing that is hey we're starting to see things in the supply chain that indicate that our costs are coming down so you don't have to keep jacking up the interest rates inflation's coming down and so proportionally from a cost perspective the 12.9 is significantly less per vehicle than the uh, 10 one number if you compare it uh apples to apples uh, i did a quick math thing down here per per product per car the cost to make a car will be was about forty thousand if you add up those two numbers 
for Q3, I'm assuming the cost per car goes down to about 36,000. So that's roughly a 10% decrease. And that may seem like a like a big jump, but I really do think the difference in cost per car is going to be dramatic enough, especially Q2 versus Q3, because you have Shanghai fully ramped and because Berlin and Austin are going and because you've made those layoffs that you're going to get a lot more efficiencies that I think people are realizing. And I'm sort of using my, I was a Tesla and I was there for, you know, for a while. And I kind of understand that when these changes are made, things are just way more efficient. So this is where I'm trying to like influence <laughs> the model based on what my gut tells me. So I hope that makes sense. Um, the cost of the vehicles will be less per car because of uh, what I just described, and it will offset, largely offset the impact, any impact foreign exchange would have on this. So that's how I arrived to this uh, cost of revenue number. Um, and then for energy and services, I sort of assume a, you know, a, a very modest sort of margin for energy. So if we do a quick margin calculation here, and, and we'll look at the uh, sort of the margin that I'm assuming for energy, it's 11%. You know, it's still ramping. I don't think they're fully at ramp there. They still have a lot of ways to go. Uh, but it's sort of a margin that I would assign something that's in the middle of a ramp. And then services and others, again, just kind of proportional. Just thinking about it proportionally. They're making a little bit of money, about $100 million, which is double what they made last quarter. But again, thinking about those layoffs and, hey, like we're more efficient, more efficient. So our margin should go up a little bit higher. So our total cost of revenue is going to come down to 15817000 And so if we take our revenue and minus out the uh, cost of revenue, we get our gross profit, which is $1.791 billion. Okay. So that's my revenue and that's my cost. Now let's look into our operating expenses. So this is really any expense that is outside of building a car or building energy. So this is like back office, um, stuff that doesn't uh where your hands is sort of like indirect you're indirectly running the business you're not directly part of running the business so back office works so on and so forth a lot of salary people fall into this bucket so i'm assuming a little bit of an increase in r d because of bot and semi that's kind of trailing off now so theoretically the r d for that should come down a little bit but it's a small program i'm assuming and the bot's still small so but i'm still thinking hey maybe they're going to be spending a little bit more money because they want to keep sort of ramping the, the business right SGNA, I'm assuming about a billion dollars, slight increase from previous quarter. Now, the, the one thing that uh, that's counterintuitive here is that, yes, there were layoffs and yes, there were people removed from the company. But I still feel like the total labor that's going into the company is increasing because the size of the company has increased so much. So to try and uh, temper my uh, sort of bullishness, quote unquote, around how efficient Tesla is going to be in the coming quarters. I'm saying, you know what, SGNA is still going to be somewhat proportional to the growth of cost. So I'm curious to hear your take on that in the comments once we wrap this up. But um, I'm assuming about a billion dollars for that restructuring about 70 million last quarter, they had 142 again, because of those layoffs. And I'm assuming that those uh, sort of restructuring expenses will still flow into this quarter into Q3. And so I don't want to counter to zero, I want to say, hey, I'm assuming that there's still going to be some restructuring that's going to happen because of that. If it's zero, great. And so the total operating expenses, so the additional expenses in running the business is roughly $1.77 billion. And so if you take your gross profit and you back out the total operating expenses, it's $4 billion. So $4 billion income from operations. Last quarter was 2.4. So if we take a comparison here, it's $1.63 billion additional, $1.63 billion more net income versus previous quarter, which is nice it's a lot of, it's a lot of money it's great uh 
And it's interesting to see that number too, because again, this is a quarter where they missed, right? But the number is so much higher than the last quarter. The market, it's the market, y'all. That's how it works. I, I have some thoughts about that. I'll, I'll go through it. <laughs> uh, interest income, when I was looking at the statement, I didn't see a lot of variability. So I kind of was just hit the number in the middle somewhere, 30. Same thing with interest expense. Since Same thing with other income expense. And these things don't really influence the the total number that much, the income uh, before uh, income tax and the tax hit. So uh, I'm assuming some very small impact. So 4039 for income before income tax. Then provisions for income taxes, I'm assuming 275, which again is kind of proportionally in line with the other quarters. I'm just assigning it to Q3. And so our net income number after taxes and all these other numbers, <laughs> it's uh, $3.7 uh, billion, $3.764 billion. And then if we remove the non-controlling blah, 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 which is, I mean, this is like the longest line I've ever seen in a, in a net income loss attributable to non-controlling interest and redeemable non-controlling interest and in subsidiaries. Okay. 20. <laughs> you know, I, and again, I looked at the sort of the other numbers. I'm like, okay, some are higher, some are lower. And last quarter was 10. Okay, 20. These numbers are not going to change their earnings too much. And so the net income to stockholders, so this is the number that gets used essentially to calculate the EPS or the earnings per share is 3.744 billion. And then if we look at our um, weighted average shares, we have 3.12 uh, billion shares outstanding in basic and then 3.48 diluted. And uh, if we take the earnings per share and we divide it by these numbers, our basic earnings per share is 1.2. Our diluted earnings per share, which is all shares, basically, think about it that way, is 1.8. And then there's an adjustment that I made uh, based on Matt Smith's guidance from Good Soil. Thank you very much, Matt. Which is uh, to, in order to arrive to a number that you can compare to the rest of the market, you need to back out um, um, stock-based compensation. So basically, when somebody gets paid a Tesla with stock, that number gets removed for this calculation, and it's roughly 10 cents per share. And so if I add that back in, the adjusted EPS is $1.18. So that's my number, $1.18. Wall Street's at 102. And so since Wall Street's at 102, I am roughly 15, 16% higher, which is quite a bit higher. Now, what I find really interesting about this is that if I take my total revenue and I compare it to some of my assumptions around cost, um, the total revenue per car actually comes down. Uh, if you compare sort of apples to apples here because of those cars in transit, right? Which kind of makes sense, plus the foreign exchange impact. And so I'm curious to hear y'all's take, right? I'm curious I'm curious to hear y'all's take about what you think about this. Um, I'm going to go ahead and, and post the invite link in the comments. So if you do want to come in and ask a question right here, and I'm also going to pin it at the top as well. So... Um, let me see. I mean, be able to, if you want to join and ask a question live, follow this link. Must have camera on. Come on, y'all. Don't be shy. So if you have any thoughts, if you want to ask a question, if you want to share some thoughts, uh, if you want to criticize my work, which I would love, <laughs> uh, kind of help me do a little bit better job. But just to summarize here, y'all, just to summarize, uh, 118 adjusted EPS. And this is sort of my how I've arrived to these numbers, not scientific at all. 
sort of like a lot of art behind the thought process. And the reason why I picked this quarter, honestly, is when I was doing my research, I was always wanted to sit down and kind of figure out how to do this. I didn't want to do it uh, where, um, I don't know. I wanted to pick a, a quarter that was going to be kind of crazy <laughs> so that I can sort of test a lot of my um, like assumptions and see how it ends up versus the market and the actual numbers as well. And so because there are so many variables, I felt like I was more comfortable using sort of my quote unquote, not not a scientific approach and just a little bit more gut feel artful approach to see how close I get. And then I'm curious to see in the coming quarters how that methodology applies to calculating EPS because of how fast this freaking company is growing and so many variables that are happening. So um, anyway, what do you guys think? What do you guys think? Uh, post some messages, post some comments. We'll talk through them. And I, again, I posted a link to join me on this uh, live stream as well. The only thing I require is you have your camera on, decent microphone, decent audio so that everybody can hear you and we'll go from there. All right. Uh, Martian Investor, thanks uh, for the perspective. It's different than the typical Tesla community and so refreshing to see different thoughts. Thank you very much, Ahmed. Really appreciate that. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, when will earnings be released? They'll be released tomorrow around market close. So usually it's about 10 to 15 minutes after market closes. So call it 410 to 415 Eastern time tomorrow, August, uh, October 19th, excuse me. I agree. I see it around $1.13. Cool. So we're not too far away. Um, predict that Musk will say something super positive, super unrealistic to pump stock. He then sells $7 billion in a week right before closing Twitter. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I, I don't know if, if he's necessarily going to um, actually sell any more shares because he didn't make the point that he was done selling. But we'll see. Nobody nobody knows. Herbert Deese is in the house. What's up, Herbert? Good morning. How's it going? It's, <laughs> Good to uh, see mor it's morning here in Deutschland. Um, nice. I thought it was uh, nighttime. <laughs> uh, okay, close close enough. Um, three, what do you think? Three, qu three quick things. So mm -hmm. so far in this quarter, I think um, before the quarter started, analysts kind of anticipated that the earnings would be crappy, but so far it appears that the earnings have were, are going to be surprisingly good across the board. Like Net Netflix just reported, and they're up like over ten percent after hours. And uh -huh. uh, that's kind of filtered into across the, the market. So it may be that we are going to get a really positive uh, beat just along with uh, everybody else. I was going to say two categories that I wanted to reference. One was, um, I think prior to this particular quarter, there were significant expedite costs because they were trying to scramble to get the and it was in the several hundred millions of dollars. Yeah. And I think maybe the change in policy that they made at, at the end of the third quarter, maybe that'll reduce that. And maybe that'll be like, you know, a surprise benefit. And as to uh, your what you were uh, talking about in terms of the currency uh, exchange issue, I think Matt Smith agreed with you. He thought that the currency exchange uh, cost might be somewhere between 200 and 300 million but that the savings and cost of goods sold would be, be would equate to about the same so we thought mm -hmm. it'd be about a it end up in a wash so you said 118 what was your yes, number sir. 118 adjusted yeah yeah so i'm going to go 136 adjusted wow yeah i think it's wow. going to be a, a big beat and 
so are you thinking so is that be so how how are you arriving to that how are you arriving to that number okay i think costs are going to be are, are going to be materially lower because of some of the issues i just mentioned mm. and i think that uh the margins will be greater significantly greater than the last quarter and it'll mm. kind of be enough to bump us up uh to kind of like a surprising number i i, I think that's going to be the trend that people are mm. going to surpass kind of expectation i think so i think what's what's interesting about that comment is that i i think i agree with you because again you have a fully ramped shanghai in q three and then you also have an austin and berlin that are ramping so their their negative cost impact is going to be less than the previous quarter and then um you also have efficiencies built in from the layoff so so but yeah <laughs> so i think i think i think around that thought process for the margin being much much greater i agree with you but i think for for it to be a dollar 36 it would have to be a quite a significant offset of the foreign exchange impact i guess like so it's almost like you're removing that 300 million dollar impact from forex but then you're also assuming that they're going to make such great uh, advancements in from their cost perspective and lowering that cost that the margin's going to be so like do you have a margin in mind like you're thinking 32 33 percent i guess around 30, that area 31 32 somewhere in that okay. that respect but I think more okay. it's the surprise items because, like, you know, each quarter there's surprise items. I think yeah. we're going to surprise on the upside, not the downside. So okay. there won't be like the, you know, Bitcoin impairment costs, those kind of things. And, you know, a couple hundred million there, here and a couple hundred million there, you're talking about real money eventually. That's and true. I, yeah. Um, and the bigger that Tesla gets, the more of those you're going to get. Yeah. Right? That next year, I think, is tricky because um, you have, I think, you know, it, Arguably, we're in a recession or we're going to be in a recession. Yeah. And that's going to probably be offset somewhat by the EV tax credit. So, you know, usually that would probably be a drop in demand usually. But the yeah. EV tax credit will kind of like balance it out. So yeah. it probably won't be as impactful as it would ordinarily be. But yeah. but we don't know the rest, you know, how the rest, rest of the world is going to go and how China in particular, because that's kind of yeah. the, the boat. I'd also be interested to see if you kind of announce a factory uh, because yeah. that would obviously have a positive uh, impact on the stock price, I, yeah. I would think. And I expect the buyback to be mentioned, but I I think like a, a, a way I would do it, because I don't think they're going to do it now, and I don't think it'd be prudent to do it now anyway. I think it's yeah. better to accumulate some more cash, but they obviously have thought about it so i think they could say they've considered it they're not going to do it this quarter they're going to evaluate it each quarter from this point forward and when it's appropriate they'll they'll do it and yeah. that would be kind of a positive i think message also but kind of realistic but i'm i'm one who's against kind of dispersing the cash too soon because mm. you never know what crazy events might occur and the that saved up cash might save you yeah, no, th those are all great points. And I think the, the other thing, too, before I let you go here and I bring up Ishan is the 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 ways. So the setups for the positive surprises from what I found in the past happen typically when everybody's not expecting it. And I think right now we're in the sort of market where everybody's like poo pooing everything. 
And the fact that you brought up sort of Netflix and sort of how the earnings are coming in positive could very well set the stage for a positive surprise, like you said. There could be very well could be. A, there's no better time for a positive surprise than now because everything's so negative. So yeah, the percentages it, of something positive happening are greater. <laughs> yeah, the, the risk is you know? lowest. The, be, the outcome's yeah. the best. Expectations are the lowest. Yeah, I for look sure. forward to your multi-person uh, extravaganza tomorrow. Yeah, I will be there gonna, watching. You know, I, I, look I appreciate to that. Okay, Thank you so care. much. Take All right, care. take it easy, Richard. Bye-bye. Bye. Awesome. Herbert Dees, longtime fan of the show. His name's actually Richard, but we can call him Herbert because he's the man. Ishan, bro, I haven't seen you in like a thousand Dang. years. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, it's been a thousand years, isn't it? So, yeah, dude. Yeah, man. It's been a while. Yeah, good, good, good. Yeah. Uh, I what can I help you with? I came on to talk about uh, uh, energy for a moment. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, energy traditionally has been, well, low margins and mega packs have been lower margin for a while, but uh, we had certain pointers come in saying that Tesla is no longer as badly constrained as uh, it used to be. And right. we've seen like some of those drone shots of, you know, uh, thousands of megapacks, okay, not thousands, but uh, a lot, a right? Lot. Yeah. So uh, are you expecting uh, like a significant margin uptake on energy driven by better margins on Megapack, even though, of course, I mean, Megapack is always going to be lower margin than Powerwall. But uh, yeah, that's, uh, you know, that's uh, one thing that to consider. And then if there is a better, uh, you know, margin line that comes in on that, uh, would we finally start hearing more of Tesla's an energy company than mm. Tesla's a car company? From, yeah. You know, yeah, I think I think those are excellent points. So the way I think about it is that there's no better time than now for energy to actually become a substantial part of the company. I don't know if that's Q3 specifically, but it starts it has to start now, especially with the comments around Martin uh, Vieca saying that they finally have everything they need to do what they need to do. Elon has talked about it in the past that he expects energy to match the volume, uh, the size of transportation at some point with a faster ramp to get there. And so if that doesn't happen now, when is it going to happen? I feel like I feel like we have the perfect setup for it now. Still, as a proportion of the total business, energy is still going to be relatively small because you just don't have the manufacturing capacity per se. Theoretically, it's a lot easier to build a mega pack than it is to build a car because you have you have no moving parts. And it's yeah. essentially just batteries with housing, some electrical stuff. And you just have to figure out how to transport the damn things because they're so heavy and big. So you need a lot of like specialized transportation for it. So um, I do think, I do expect, let me let me rephrase that. I do expect expect energy to become a larger percentage of the company into the coming quarters. Even as auto is growing, I think I think energy should keep pace with the growth of auto as well. Um, but it, it's all around how much manufacturing capacity has Tesla allocated to the Megapack project. Because, you know, let's be honest, it's sort of been a forgotten part of the business for a while. You know, right or wrong, it's been, you know, sort of been forgotten about, at least from an investor perspective. And I know Tesla has allocated a lot of resources to the automotive side. Uh, and they should have, because that's, you know, they only have so many sales, I get it. Um, I, I just don't, they, I don't they think did build a new factory. Uh, they did. Yeah, I, they definitely job, did. So. But it still takes time to ramp and you got to hire for it. Right. I still feel like we're a few. 
I think we're a few quarters away, call it two to three quarters away from the margins of energy to have a substantial impact on net income, as an example. So, you know, I think not until energy arrives to say, I don't know, three to five billion a quarter in revenue. Yeah. And they're, you know, running at 25% margins. I don't think, well, I don't think we see any substantial impact until we get there, but, but it has to start now. It has like there has to be a material increase from Q3 to from Q versus Q2. Otherwise, I'm going to be like, okay, what the hell is happening, right? Like, I'm really going to start like wondering, like, okay, what <laughs> are we saving all these for Q4? What's going on? So, what do yeah. you think? No, I mean, I agree that uh, that substantial contribution to I guess EPS is a while away. But um, if you just look at Tesla Energy as its own company, like Elon says, it's a conglomerate of startups. If you just look at Tesla Energy and if you were to compare it to other energy companies, right? Where would yep. it stand? Um, is it starting to get legs? Is what I'm interested in because 100%. that that tells me, hey, is this like Tesla automobiles from you know seven ten years ago? Got right? it. And of course, like you know, being invested in Tesla stuff, you get exposed to this as well. But this sort of brings in uh, another layer of thinking and another, I guess, entire layer of, you know, calculations that, uh, I guess, not only Wall Street, but every, all of us have to do. Today, I mean, you know, even with your predictions, what we saw a lot of thinking going into, you know, product, car production, gross margin on automotives, et cetera, which of course is probably going to be the, you know, uh, pretty much the only thing that uh, moves the needle on the EPS mark. But yeah. Uh, two quarters, three quarters, or you know, a year down the line, are we going to see, let's say, twenty percent, thirty percent contribution to EPS from this side of things as well? And I think that's a very interesting thing to look at uh, from you know, from an investor point. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think I think the fact that they're going to start showing that they're getting to the point should start pricing in some sort of movement into this, just like you said, just like eight, nine years ago. That makes a lot of sense to me. Um, the question is, like, will the market realize that in a bearish environment? And how long is it going to take to get there? It has to be priced in at some point, you know? Oh, but I think once it gets priced in, it's going to get As long as you want. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. That's Please true, don't man. realize it. <laughs> Thank you, Ishan. Appreciate you stopping by, man. Thank you for, for stopping in. Take it easy, brother. Bye. Awesome. What a community we have here. Who is this person here in the comments? Oh my goodness. Oh, somebody was quicker than I was. Thank you very much. My headphones uh, went out for like a hot second there while Ishan was talking. So let me repair them. I missed like two words that he said, but it got weird. Um, anybody else have any questions? Let me know. I'm going to repost this uh, link. If you have any questions, come on. We'll talk about them live. Until then, I'll, I'll go through some comments and see what people will say. Um, I believe there will be much more cost due to new warehouse in Illinois, cost of semi and cybercharge cramp. So I think what's interesting about warehouses is that warehouses are not very expensive to run. They're they're very very low cost, especially uh, reflected uh, in comparison to manufacturing. Manufacturing is way more cost intensive than running a warehouse. Uh, semi should still be quite small, uh, especially because they're probably making like single digit vehicles and the amount of uh, folks that are working on that product is going to be way less than the cars and Cybertruck is just getting started so there's still going to be a, a very low cost so I, I i disagree i don't think there's going to be that many costs associated to those projects um, if anything Cybertruck's probably going to be mostly an r d still and semi is going to be quite low 
quite low, especially because a lot of the parts are shared with Model 3 from my understanding. So, um, yeah. Um, are you doing a, a quarter three earnings live stream tomorrow? Yes, if you haven't heard. Oh, my goodness. Um, Herbert Deese kind of talked about it a little bit, if you know uh, what I'm talking about. <laughs> Let me go ahead and put this up for you all. Tomorrow, we're going to have a crazy live stream. It's going to be a wild live stream. Why might you ask? Why would it be wild? That's because we're going to have like seven people on. And the people that we have on, you might know. Let me go ahead and share my screen so you know what I'm talking about. Share screen. Bloop. Do you recognize those faces? My goodness. We're going to start at 245 Central, which is roughly 15 minutes before market closes on this channel, as well as Ross's, as well as Nick's, as well as Yashu's is going to be multicasted. We're all going to sit down and we're going to analyze the earnings live. We're going to talk about them, uh, say, 20, 30 minutes before they get posted. We're going to talk about them all through the live stream all through the release of the earnings we're going to go through each basically each page of the deck and try to break it down for y'all we're going to listen to the call and then we're also going to break down the call so there's going to be a lot <laughs> it's going to be a long think of it as like a four or five hour event tomorrow we're all going to be either exhausted or drunk <laughs> by the end of it maybe both but yeah big coverage large coverage tomorrow please come check it out but it'll also be on ross's channel uh, it'd also be on Good Soil as well, Matt's channel, Matt and Emmett's channel, Yashu's and Nick's as well. So make sure you, you stop in and say hello at the very least. So, um, yeah, thank you for the question. It's going to be a blast. It's going to be such a good time. Um, my prediction for tomorrow will be the most epic live stream of all time. Let's hope for that. <laughs> Hopefully I do a good job. Uh, obviously, everybody that's going to be on uh, are excellent and, and they're all extremely knowledgeable. I'll try my best to sort of create an environment for all of us to be able to share our ideas as deeply as we can. Of course, it's going to be tough not to step on each other with seven people on, but it's going to be fun. It's gonna, At the very least, it's going to be entertaining. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Well, that's like the Super Bowl of live streams. I agree, right? So lucky to be able to uh, work with these folks, man, and, and sort of sit down and uh, do stuff like that. So it's super fun. It's going to be a blast. Uh, what do I think of DraftKings? I've never used it. I've never used it. How do you count in sell of uh, used cars? So I actually, I, I, I kind of don't. I kind of assume that it's going to be proportional to the number of deliveries that they have. And so I just bake that into the sales, the automotive sales for the company. Uh, it's still quite a small percentage of the, of the company still. But as it grows over time, then I'll look to break that out, especially as I learn how to do these quarterly uh, models better. I'll... Uh, I'll try to break them down as much as humanly possible so we can we can think through them. Um, yeah, so that was another question. I hope that answered your question as well. Uh, tomorrow, 2.45, live stream will start. Um, <laughs> Richard, Farza, you did the best earnings call. If anyone has not seen it, no one does a better job. Farza, take the best notes. Thank you, man. Thank you, Richard. That's very kind. I, I'm lucky that I'm a fast typer. And so I'm, I'm able to sort of sit down and and run right through the, uh, through the notes as much as possible. And hopefully it helps you all too uh understand the earnings call better buck what is going on what's going on behind you are you at the gym what's going on over there i've got some weird oh, audio going. hold you. on man oh yeah all we're, right I think let me call back in man because I, I, I got a double audio thing going sorry i'll call back no problem okay <laughs> he's like in the middle of like a set or something he's doing like a like some bench pressing or something uh that's funny do you have lease return sales in? Um, 
I do not. I know Matt from Good Soil does. I do highly recommend, if you haven't already, our boy, our boy Matt and um, Emmett from Good Soil Investing. Here, I'll show you guys this video. I'm going to show it in full, but um, I'll show you what I'm talking about. This right here, my goodness. Let's see if I can... I can't even... I don't even know how to use a computer. This video right here, Tesla Q3 Earnings EPS Model by uh, Good Soil Investment Management. Excellent, excellent breakdown by Matt Smith. And he has all that stuff, uh, all that stuff baked in. Uh, he does a really thorough breakdown of every single line item. I highly recommend you go check out that video. Um, and there's Yashu. What's up, Yashu? <laughs> just clicking random stuff now. Awesome. Um, what other questions do you have? What other questions do you have, y'all? Let me know. Did you see the used Tesla inventory that includes FSD? 37,000 for a 19th Model 3 with 30,000 miles. What a lever to pull to move inventory that the competition does not have. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's one of the wins of, of having, um, you know, software as a service, you know. Uh, this is something that most car companies can't do because they just don't have it as a part of their business model. Like, they, they, it's literally, it literally will be impossible for them to do this. They have no way of doing this. One of the best ways for Tesla to... Uh, not just generate sales, but generate margin. I think that's really the, the bigger the bigger lever. Um, <laughs> bastard. Why does Penn State suck? I don't know. It's because uh, they have a really small defensive line, I guess. Don't tell me about how badly they lost against Michigan, okay? I already had a lot of pain over the weekend for that. Um, for those that just joined, let me just bring you up to speed. We went through a uh, model, and... Um, for quarter three earnings and the adjusted EPS that I calculated is a dollar 18. So this will be the number that's going to be compared to all the other wall street analysts. And I, I went through the sort of the model, the thought process behind it as you know, if you're interested, feel free to rewind. It's the first call it 15 minutes of the video. Um, but it's a dollar 18, which is above consensus estimates. And what's really surprising to me is like, man, it feels like con consensus is relatively bearish in this respect, which makes sense because, you know, we are in a bear market, you know? So yeah, we'll see. Uh, great job as always. You do a great job in Tesla talk and bringing together the best of the best. Thank you, Barry. Appreciate that. That's very, very sweet. Thank you. What's your prediction for when the first cyber truck is delivered in 2023? Um, June, 2023, like the last week of June. That's my guess. Don't hold me to it. Maybe maybe earlier. I don't know. A ramp rate for semi typically two hundred eighty thousand to three hundred twenty thousand truck market per year. Yeah, I think I think when uh, Tesla's fully ramped in semi, I expect them to do probably two hundred fifty thousand semis per year, um, with an opportunity to for more. There's about two million semi sales per year globally. So, if Tesla reaches say 10% market share, that's 200,000 semis. That's a lot of semis. And there's a video I have on my channel where we broke down the semi sort of model. Um, we did a semi model where we roughly thought through, okay, how is this going to impact Tesla, Tesla's earnings and compared to the market? And I think 250, oh my God, my dogs are going crazy. Do you hear that? Wow. Sorry, guys. Um, Freaking lunatics. 
yeah, I think 250,000 semis per year is a realistic goal. Um, I don't know if you can hear my dogs. I'm sorry. <laughs> I have to think through. I've moved spaces and some of the soundproofing is uh, not great around here. I'm still thinking through that, but I do hope, uh, I hope that's okay. I hope I didn't kill your ears just now. Uh, yeah, do make sure you go check out uh, Matt's channel at Good Soil. Thank you, Donald, for linking that. Uh, you do a great job. Oh, yeah, we can hear them. Yes, we have two dogs. They're crazy. Do you think Berlin plus Austin combined will do 700,000 in 2023? Um, so 700,000 in 2023 is how many per week? So 700,000 divided by, call it 50 weeks. That's 14,000 for both divided by two. That's 7,000 per week per factory. Um, uh, I, maybe. Because right now each factory is like what? Berlin's probably a two or three. Austin's probably a two. So, ugh. I think they can reach 7,000 by the end of the year for sure. I don't know if they can do, I don't know if the average for the year will be 7,000, but who knows? I mean, they, if, if you do have a situation where the global economy and the supply chain is sort of like has open capacity for companies that have the demand, then theoretically the entire um, supply chain will be able to support that sort of production from Tesla as long as they can have the factories open, right? So if they do seven, if they do seven hundred thousand, if they do seven hundred thousand between the two, and then Fremont does say call six hundred fifty thousand. So sorry guys for the dogs. I gotta get that figured out. And then Shanghai does say one point one million, one one million. Then you have a total cars of let's see, for the year two point three five million. That's I think I think it's possible. I think it's possible, but that's I think that's a stretch. I would get closer to like two point two million for the year, two point one million. It'll be a stretch. Um, we'll see. The dogs are giving their Tesla estimate. Yeah, maybe check for robbers. No, no, sir. <laughs> that ain't happening. I'll tell you that much. There were robbers coming in. My wife, my wife would have shoot them already. <laughs> she would have shot them. Um, we got another person in. How you doing, man? What's up? What's up, Matt? How you doing? Hey dude, hey dude! Thanks for uh, doing this thing. Your lives is always great. I hope Thank the quality you so much, of the man. mic is okay. I'm from Stockholm, so you sound great, man. You sound great. Okay, you look perfect. Great. How can oh, I help thanks. you? Thanks, <laughs> dude. Uh, I have a question regarding invest investment grade. Uh, mm -hmm. I thought we would have uh, a, a much more like more interest. Do you think that these this earnings call could get the ball like? the interest of buying the stock at this price now that we got the grade in? Yeah, I think that's that's a very interesting question. So the way the way I think about investment grade and so Alexander Mertz, for those that are not familiar, has done so much research around this topic and was one of the really big, big proponents behind pushing this. But um, the way I understand investment grade is that this is probably going to be like a, a like a long burn. It's going to be a multi month approach It's going to take three to six, call it even nine months until funds that can only purchase Tesla if they have investment grade will really start to get the ball rolling because you really think about these funds they're they're conservative by conservative by nature already yeah like they already said we're not going to buy any you know we're not going to buy any now that investment grade comes out then they're probably like well now let's do our math and research and see if it makes sense for our portfolio right so I think that's how it how it happens so if quarter three and quarter four 
which I fully expect will be good quarters. Like there's nothing that says it won't be a good quarter. They're a profitable yeah. company. They have a ton of cash, especially versus debt. It, it stands to reason that funds will start purchasing more shares of the company. But I, I, I really think, especially within the context of a bear market that we're in right now, where everything's getting beat up, um, it's going to be hard for people that were already sort of hesitant to buy it to want to buy it. Yeah. What it could do, though, in a bull market, like if, say, we're in a point where a lot of people want to buy Tesla stock, then we're going to have the additional boost of people that weren't buying it before will now be buying it as well. So yeah. especially if you have a buyback in place, you know, if yeah, the buyback's and, in and, place, then forget it. Yeah. And I have one more question regarding that, because when you have the, like, is it normal to have a buyback so close to a split? Um, I don't think, I think it's irrelevant. I think those two yeah. things are just two separate things. Uh, a split, what it really does, I think what it indicates is that they believe that the, um, their stock should be more accessible to people that yeah. maybe can't afford yeah. it. That's very, that has nothing to do with, Hey, we have a lot of cash on hand, you know? Uh, it almost like it would make sense that companies that are doing really well are doing a lot of splits and are doing a lot of uh, buybacks. Cause these are, yeah. these are, um, things that are, uh, signals of a healthy company. You know, yeah, why, I, why, I guess yeah. the 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 guys, the co-workers that are available to buy buy the stock, they wanted to get the split in early for them to do that as well. I think. Well, yeah, it's it's it helps employees. Yeah, it helps employees a lot. You know, and it's it's sort of it's a signal that says, hey, we think that our stock could go up higher in the long term, and we yeah. want to give people the access to buy it at a quote unquote cheaper price at, at an individual stock. So. Um, yeah. Perfect. Yeah, I think yeah, those things aren't. Thanks, guys. Sorry for taking your time. I see. The no, please. Why are you apologizing? Going. So, yeah. <laughs> no, you're good. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate Have you, nice man. Day. Thank you yeah, very much. Ciao. You too. Bye. Awesome. New face to this stream. I haven't met Matt before. I don't think, but uh, that was awesome. Uh, this community is great. You guys are so. F Give yourselves a round. This is for y'all. Thank you. You guys are great. You guys are awesome. <laughs> You guys are awesome. It's all good, Buck. It's all good. Um, my signal is too weak for a viz right now. I was just uh, going to discuss that I think the stock price is not going to make any big moves up after earnings except temporarily prices disconnected from facts during this economy. We've had sustained increase in share price in the past. It's been on news, which is not much different than now, but sentiment on the economy was positive. That's a very interesting take. Um... That's a very interesting take. Yeah, I, I, I'm curious to see how that shakes out tomorrow. If, if it doesn't move a lot, then you can sort of make an assumption, at least for the short term, that the way you thought about that is likely maybe correct. And you could apply that to other um, other quarters. So but that's an interesting point. It, everything changes when the market is bearish. Everything changes when the market is like poo pooing everything. Right. Where have I heard poop? I think it's I think Nick Kevin says that. Sorry, I hope it's not copyrighted. Oh, well. Sorry, not sorry, I guess. <laughs> uh, somebody asked a very interesting question, and I want to make sure that I catch it. Uh, are you expecting a price increase in semis before they start shipping? Yeah, I really don't think the um, price of semis that they originally posted were what they're going to be selling at right now because... 
you know, you've had inflation, you've had COVID, you've had a lot of stuff happen from when they announced it to to now. So yeah, I really, it's going to be probably a, they're probably selling it at 300,000 each, if I were to guess. If it's less than that, that's going to be crazy. Uh, it's going to be absolutely crazy. Uh, question, what is your guess on percentage of Tesla employees that own the Tesla stock? Do you think declining stock price affects employee morale? And if so, would a small buyback would improve it? That's a great question, Kevin. Um, damn near 100% of Tesla's employees own Tesla stock, and m mainly because Tesla pays people in Tesla stock. You can opt to um, get into their employee stock purchase program. Plus, when you get promoted you get shares you can opt to get shares and i know they just recently changed sort of the thing where you can opt to get cash instead of shares but but if on the whole i would guess i would garner close damn close to 100 percent of all tesla employees um have tesla stock in some way shape or form that they bought themselves or that the company gave them um definitely above 80 percent definitely above 80 percent uh, here was the question. Will, uh, Farza, isn't Elon being on the call a bad thing? He mentioned he would only be on when there is bad news. Yeah, I don't know if he said that necessarily, that specifically that it would be bad news, that it would be something that he needs to talk about. Um, the way I think about it is that Elon has been on every call except one. <laughs> so Elon is on all the calls. And just because he wasn't on one doesn't mean that he won't be on, that it's a bad thing that um, that he's on. There's a lot going on. I think it makes sense for him to be on. I would want him to be on. You have that that 20,000 car gap. You have a economy that seems to be going to a recession. You have a lot of global conflict. You have inflation. You have the Fed. These are a lot there's a lot of things going on. And yeah, the company could be performing really well, but it helps to get the leader on the call to sort of guide you on, okay, this is how you should think about the company. And don't get me wrong, Zach, one the one that he was leading the call did such a good job. Such a good job. But there's just too much going on in the world. I think it helps. It sends a uh, a good signal to the investor, to the investor to have the leader on the call. And some people say, well, sometimes Elon hurts more than he helps. <laughs> but um, I still think it's it's an important message. It's an important thing for to have Tesla on or Elon on the on the call. My opinion. What impact do you expect from ending the wave regarding logistics? The cost of logistics per call will go down significantly. The question becomes, how much is Tesla paying per car for logistics? I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess Tesla's paying somewhere around 500 bucks per car in logistics, maybe less. Call it 500 bucks, probably less, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, call it 500. 500 bucks. Probably less, but 500 bucks. Uh, it could it would probably go down by like 20, 30%, but that's not a lot, right? That's like 20% of 500 is a hundred bucks, 150 bucks. Uh, so it's going to, it's going to help. It's going to help what, what it helps really logistics where you get a lot of, um, savings is in your entire supply chain. So receiving product, shipping product, you know, not just the cars, but everything, all the movement of everything. That's where you get a lot of your cost. So the cost associated to the pieces that you bring into the factory that you use containers for, or you use trailers for, or you ship in air, that's where a lot of those costs are baked. Not necessarily like delivering the the cars necessarily, but the wave is also part of that. There's also an upstream wave. You know, it's not just a downstream wave. You have to rush to get all the parts in so you can build the cars. 
and you don't want to really hold the parts on for too long because then you just have cash sitting in your warehouses in your factories as parts not as cash and so you want as as much of your business to be in an asset that you can that's liquid versus something just sitting in your warehouse and it really helps being lean so think about it that way the wave is like so i guess it does right it does because if it's upstream and that's part of the wave it does impact it so um there will be a significant impact. I still think most of the costs are associated to the materials and the labor itself. The logistics and the transportations probably like, like I said, no more than I think the end, the shipping the cars probably 5%, but all in it's probably like 10 to 15% of the total cost of the car can be attributed to logistics. And so if it goes up by 10 to 20% on a 50,000 cost car, $5,000 of that is transportation, which seems high, but let's just say that's the case. You could save a couple thousand bucks per car in logistics. Let me know if that helps. Uh, what other questions do you have? Let's go through a few more here. Will they announce new factories on this call? Because next one will be next year, and they said they would announce before year's end. It could be, or they could, or they could host its own event. You know, they, we could have like a uh, like a um, announcement. I think when when uh, when was the one that was announced? I think it was I think it was Berlin. Berlin was just a uh, like a like a thing that Tesla put out there, like a, a press release that said Berlin, we have we're building it now. So it doesn't necessarily have to be announced on a call. It could just be announced uh, anywhere. So, but I do agree with Richard's initial assessment that there, if <laughs> if there's going to be a surprise on a call, it should be this one because just everybody has such negative sentiment overall especially from a whole market perspective question uh do you think tesla will triple in 2022 uh what do you think <laughs> oh yaman 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 shout out yaman <laughs> uh no i don't think it's going to triple in 2022 but i hope i'm wrong i hope you're right my friend i hope you're right uh, people are going to be talking about Elon's huge improvement. Uh, oh, sorry, Energy's huge improvement and Cybertruck update announcements after earnings. Um, I hope so. I don't think Cybertruck's going to get too much. I, I think there might be like, um, you know what? I think Cybertruck will get a slide on the on the deck. I really think they'll get a slide. They'll announce the Idra um, casting machine being complete. They'll announce maybe some like they've made some progress on sourcing materials. So it might get a, its own slide or it might get like a section of a slide, but I don't think it's going to be that big of a mover. Like you need to start seeing prototypes and you start need to start seeing some pre-production models. Then at that point, I think that's it becomes a, a bigger part of the, the, the thing. But um, but I hope the energy piece does become bigger. I really do hope I really do hope so. Um Next lemonade stand. How you doing, my friend? What? What's up, man? How's it going? Hey, um, good, good. Um, I was at the gym when this, when your uh, stream started, so uh, I'm like lagging ten minutes behind. Uh, whatever you're talking about. You're listening so to me while me. working out, bro. I'm probably like bringing you down. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's good for my pump. And All now, right. <laughs> and, and now I'm jaywalking. Um, nice. So I wanted to talk about uh the buybacks. Because it, it seems like the everyone that's been opposed to it, I'm going to stop walking here so I can think. Um, everyone that's been opposed to it has not 
the way they've talked about it, it sounds like to me that um, they don't actually know what buybacks are. Um, and I, I have a couple examples for us to think about it. But the, the first point is literally when you're so like when you do the stock based compensation, you know, you're aware of dilution. There's more shares um, out there. So the earnings get divided by these shares. A lot of value investors hate to see companies do this because it's a real cost. Um, now, the opposite is true when you when you buy back stocks. So you're you're removing the shares from the market. Future all future earnings uh, are now getting divided amongst less shares. Yep. Um, so you get an EPS boost in perpetuity forever. So ideally, when when the stock is trading at a low multiple, lower than it you know should, um, you're going to get a high return on on that investment over time. Now, yeah. I'm not saying I've got, and I've got two examples of, to think about this um, because there's been people that say that this is just like a, an accounting trick and it's, it's really more than that. And it's not just a short-term boost. It's, it's, it's a long-term thing, but um, lost my head for a second. Um, oh, you're fine. You're talking about how, uh, so you're going to have less dilution. You're going to have a, a big, a boost in perpetuity from doing uh, stock buybacks and some people are not seeing it that way. Yes. So, and before I give my two examples I want to preface this with, I'm not saying that it's the best thing for Tesla to do right now, but it's been in the conversation in the community. So I want yeah. us to know what we're talking about when we're making these decisions or uh, yeah. amongst each other. Um, so the first thing is, so there's plenty of companies, uh, stocks you can look out there where the there's zero TAM, there's no growth in earnings. And yet mm -hmm. the stock price does very well because maybe the underlying company is very profitable, but, they, but they're fully mature, they can't expand, earnings don't grow, but the EPS does grow because since they're profitable, they, they take their earnings that they can't reinvest in the company and uh, EPS grows over time and they can be very good investments um, sure. if, 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 you're, if, you're, if you find the right one. Um, so so that's, that's the first example. Um, the, the argument against that is, well, Tesla has stuff to do with their money. And my point is, well, eventually they won't. I mean, you, they, their, their CapEx is so low compared to what their their future earnings are, are, are going to be. Um, so you, you're eventually going to have to just purchase the stock. Um, sure. So the second thing is just regarding like how people think it's just a, a, a financial trick. If, if you're if you have a if you're if you're giving dividends to your imagine you have a dollar in dividend uh, for each share and, and you remove a billion shares from the market, that's that saves you a billion dollars on your bottom line right. every uh, year in, in perpetuity. So it's, it's, yeah. it's more than just a financial gimmick. For and sure. I just want, I just want people to understand that. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. I think, I think the fact, I think if there is folks out there thinking that this is sort of like a way to boost earnings or for a way to look good on paper, it, it's definitely not the case. I think the points you make are, are extremely valid and I agree with you. The way I think about uh, buybacks is 
It's more around the kind of signal that Tesla's sending when, if and when, well, not really if, when they announce a buyback, because Elon has, you know, has come out and said, hey, like, this is something we'll consider in the future. And anytime Elon says something, it kind of becomes true. It's always late, but it becomes true, right? So then the way I think about this, like, okay, cool. So you're confident enough to take cash from your balance sheet that in the previous years, really up through now, you've been very, very hesitant to do because you've been in hyper growth mode and you're kind of afraid of how your company is going to be performing. Instead, you're going to be willing to give this back to investors. And even if it's a very small percentage of your cash, the signal that that says is that, hey, we're so confident about our business that we're not going to use this cash for us. We're going to use it for you. And that to me tells me that the company is extremely well run in conjunction to growing 50% over 50% year over year, where that cash theoretically should be used for growing. The signal that sends is that we have all the cash in the world to grow 50% year over year. So we're going to get TAM and we're going to give the cash back to you. So, but I don't care if it happens this quarter. I don't care if it happens next quarter. I don't care if it happens next year or in 2024, 2025, the signal's coming. And that to me basically secures the long-term vision of Tesla. And as investors, we get a tiny bit more, just a tiny bit more. Even if they do a $10 billion buyback, say in Q3, that's still 10% of 10% of $600 billion market cap is 60 billion. It's one sixth of that. So one sixth of 10%, whatever, 1.5%. It's a small, it's a very small buyback, you know, in comparison to the market yeah. cap, but it's more about the long-term signal. Yeah, and you would do like if you announce something like that, you would do it over time, multiple quarters. It wouldn't just be like uh, a large check in right. in in one, it would be, it in one would quarter. Be, yeah, exactly. And yeah. so what you were what you were saying about like the, the sentiment, the confidence it shows. Yeah. I mean, that's that's multiple. Just real expansion. quick, Nick, we got somebody somebody waiting in the wings. Just want to give you a heads up. Yeah, if you if okay. you just I can wanna, I, can, yeah. I can get I can get out of here. I was going to say, but yeah. there's there's a sentiment component too, where you get multiple expansion because there's more confidence. Risk is off, and then you also get the bottom line numbers where it's more earnings divided by less shares. That's it. Exactly. Um, I'll, I'll, yeah. uh, I'll I'll get out of here. Thanks, man. You nailed it, brother. Yeah. Thank you very much. Appreciate you. See it. Take it easy. Bye. All right, Tesla Guam's in the house. My dogs are going crazy, dude. I'm so sorry. I don't know if you can hear. No <laughs> hey, man. I just wanted. To hey, man. Yeah, greetings. Uh, I, I remember seeing your first video um, back in the day on Tesla employee uh, perspective and all that. So, yeah, definitely thanks for all your uploads. Thanks, but man. But I'll make it quick. I know everybody's talking about Q3 earnings and stuff, but just being from the islands, I just wanted to get your take on, on Tesla getting involved in the HVAC space. Do you think that'll happen anytime soon? Yeah, I think HVAC is something that makes a ton of sense for Tesla, especially if you put it within the context of solar, you know, so yeah. for solar to work really, really well, especially to really get a lot of savings. I mean, it works now from a cost benefit analysis perspective, but it becomes even more so if the thing that's sucking up all your electricity becomes yeah. way more efficient. And Elon has talked about this. Tesla has talked about this, right? Um, yeah, I, I'm curious to see where it falls within the context of like the different priorities that Tesla's working on right now. Uh, what's yeah. interesting about like when Martin talks about, hey, we have all the sort of like production and things that we need for us to really tackle our projects. In my head, I'm also thinking about HVAC and, you know, I, I think that Tesla might get into housing, like they might come out with like, you know, and I know it's kind of like a fringe thing in the community, but why you know if you're already building the roof and the battery and you're going to do the hvac just build a damn box for all this yeah. stuff to fit in you know no, what I'm, like why yeah. not it's like just make the square <laughs> what else you need no. you know so um 
but yeah, I really think they're going to get into it for sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I know you're, 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 you got a lot going on today, but um, besides just saying thanks, I just want to bring up, I'm super excited for, for Tesla because I think in history, it's very rare that you have a genius who's also got unlimited funding. Usually, um, I guess, you know, just through time and history, geniuses, they have all these great ideas, they have all these um, things that can change uh, our world, right, for the better, but they always lack funding. So I think it's a really special time that we have one of the greatest minds ever, and he's also got money to, to back him up. So, but yeah, Farsa, yeah. thank you so much. Um, I'm definitely going to be following your channel some more, and um, take it easy, man. Thanks, man. Appreciate you, brother. Very yeah. kind words. Thank you. You're awesome. Thank you very much. Awesome. Such nice people in this community. Thank you, Nick. I'm sorry for cutting you off a little short there. Just we had people waiting waiting there, but really the the thought process behind the um, stock buyback was very very correct, and I think I think it makes very very valid points. Um, but yeah, that was great insight by Tesla Guam. All right, everybody, let's call it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Do not forget tomorrow, you guys. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. What's happening tomorrow, you made us? Check this out. Let me see if I can, uh, if I'm good enough at plugging my own stuff. Of course I'm not. Why would I be good enough at plugging my own stuff? Ready? Here we go. 2.45 Central, 15 minutes before market closes. Mega live stream with all your favorites. It's going to be super fun. Come on in. Have a good time. We're going to do pre-earning release talking, earning release talking. <laughs> we're going to cover the call and then we're also going to share thoughts uh, after the call as well. Thank you all so much for joining us today. I hope you have a great day and we'll see you tomorrow. Earnings, be there or be, I don't know, you have a life, I guess. <laughs> all right, everybody. Thank you all very much. Thank you, Yaman. <laughs> this, this guy and his Tesla will triple in 2022. He just can't help himself. See you guys. Bye-bye. <laughs>